Welcome to the Current in Cast podcast. This isn't the same old political or review podcast. Instead, this podcast is all about current events, sports, technology, life, and of course, whiskey. To pour yourself a good drink or just imagine yourself doing so and join us for the next hour or so in Lubbock, Texas. I'm Chad Eastie, and in Nashville, Tennessee, he's Matt Martin, and it's time for another episode of Current and Cask. Hey, Matt, how's it going? I'm doing really well. Everything's going well here in Tennessee. I'm I'm by myself. I yeah, uh, you're by you're by yourself. You got rid of the kids. You threw them out. Well, and it's it's sad because we have a. a what do you call it? Lock in, I guess, at the church where, yeah. you know, the kids go to the church, they stay overnight, they play games, have a lot of fun, whatever they do over there. And my wife's working, so we can't go out. We can't enjoy our time <laughs> without the kids. I'm literally left all alone, which I, I can find things to do, you know, my, by myself. I, I you know, a little alone yeah. time's not going to hurt anybody. But man, yeah, it, you're it left talking nice. to me. It would have been nice to go out and, you know, do something out of the house. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, th- th- that's a, it's kind of interesting that all your kids are gone uh, at the at the lock in. I mean, again, I you know, it's not like there I don't think there are any like, you know, set rules or, uh, you know, uh, you know, ways for the, the lock ins at churches to go. I know that uh, when when I was a youth when I was a uh, uh, a high school youth uh, in our youth group, we had a lock in, but that was, I know they did a like a high school lock in. They also did a junior high school uh, lock in, you know. So they did middle school, but it wasn't the same night. Like they would have, you know, one weekend they did junior high, and then the next weekend they did high school. My kids just seem a little young, but you know, I don't know. They, yeah, they did a good job. Well, yeah. So I, uh, so I guess they're like they're having like all the kids of the church there, huh? Pretty much, uh, plus all their friends too. It looked like I mean, uh, so I walk in and they've got like bouncy houses, not not the little ones that you see in somebody's backyard, but like giant, like uh, contraption type bouncy houses all over the <laughs> church. And. Nice. Uh, when you take them back, they actually had them all separated into groups. They had uh, each age level, and then they had male, female. So the you know they they're going to be doing things as a as groups like that versus absolute chaos. Which for kids that's good. You don't. I mean, you don't want absolute chaos. I guess. No, you don't. So no. I, I mean, no. they're doing a good job with it, but. Just the thought of letting my six-year-old, which is the youngest, stay up yeah. all night long just blows yeah. my mind. Uh, now, is this, for your kids, is this their first, like, uh, either lock-in or overnight stay at, like, a, I mean, it's church, but it's still, like, you know, have they, have they slept over at friend's house? Like, is this the first time for any of that? No, I mean, they have cousins, you know, there in Lubbock that they've stayed at. Um, they'll be going to Lubbock while we stay here, and they'll be staying with their grandparents now um, yeah. by themselves. 
So, I mean, it's not the first time that they've done something like this by themselves, but overnight, I mean, my kids, they need their sleep. Yeah, well, they'll probably get their sleep. I remember when uh, we had our lock-in, we still went to sleep. I think they will, too. I think that, you know, there's just comes a point where you're like, I've done everything, and I'm really tired. It's yeah. just time. Yeah, it's time to time to go to uh, time to go to sleep now. Because I was wondering if uh, if you're like if you've got your phone next to you for uh, for that phone call, you know, like, uh, I don't want to be here anymore. Phone call. Uh, no, I don't think that'll. I mean, I the, I think that the church had it set up in a way that they could go to sleep if they decided they were ready. Yeah, but no, I don't think they'll know be calling kids, saying some kids don't like the sleepover, you know. Some kids, they like the idea of the sleepover until they're there. Then they're like, I got to get out of here. I don't want to be here. Yeah. I mean, I no, I don't think they'll be calling me. I just can't see it. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, I'm uh, sure they're, oh, I'm sure they're having fun. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. No, that's, uh, that's, that's awesome. That's, uh, that, that, that's cool. But of course. Uh, you get to spend uh, sp- spend your uh, nice little your little vacation uh, just talking to me, and uh, you know that's that's all right. Sorry about that. I-, I like you, Chad. Well, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a lot to uh, talk about here on the podcast today. Of course, for those of you who are new to Current in Cask, not only do we talk about current events and uh, politics and you know sports, all that kind of good stuff. But we also like to review whiskey, Matt. That's right. Yes. And today we are uh, revisiting an old friend, aren't we? Yes. Uh, just uh, another quick last week we did uh, Eagle Rare. This yes. week we're going to do, um, I guess it's you could say it's kind of like its younger brother. They're all from Buffalo Trace. We're going to be doing Buffalo Trace. and. Yeah, Buff- and- and and this is this is one that for some people it's really easy to find and for some people it's still a little bit harder to find. Yeah. Yeah, um to be honest if so if you go to the distillery this is the one thing that they absolutely have every single time you walk through the door. So I guess it's available they have some of it enough to keep it in stock there at the distillery. But as far as allocations, it uh, it really, I think, has more to do with how many people are buying it and want it than it yeah. does how many um, allocations there are. Because, I mean, I, I think about my liquor store. We get probably two cases a month at least. And... If you compare that to 90%, at least 90% of other bourbons that are out there, that would be more than enough. Yeah. But for Buffalo Trace, two cases will be gone in um, a matter of days. Maybe a week if it's a a slow week. But, I mean, uh, and you're talking about, you know, four weeks in a month, so... You know, it it only lasts maybe a week tops your allocation that you get every month. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what we're looking at, and of course, it's a it's an inexpensive bottle most of the time. Um, I've 
I think MSRP on this one's about 20. I've heard 26 to 30. Yeah. Sounds about right. So, I mean, it's a very, very inexpensive bottle as far as, I mean, most Buffalo Trace MSRPs are really low anyway if you compare it to the prices you see. But Buffalo Trace, usually if you do find it, it's not outrageously expensive. Now, I've seen a few places where you get it pretty expensive, but most of the time it's not too bad. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's true, and it's come down uh, in some of those places where it was just kind of crazy through the roof. Yeah, it's just gotten a little easier to find. Yeah, which is a good thing. That's uh, that's what we need more of. We need uh, we, we we need prices to come down on uh, on this stuff. I mean, that way we can more people can enjoy it. You know, exactly. So uh, we've got others. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, I've I've poured. I'm sure you have. As well, Matt. Mm-hmm. And uh, cheers to you. Cheers. And uh, to those of you uh, listening uh, as well. And uh, as we uh, go throughout the uh, the rest of this podcast, we will enjoy a, a nice uh, nice drink from Buffalo Trace. And then we'll uh, share our final thoughts on Buffalo Trace near the end of the podcast today. But uh, it was quite a bit uh, that that happened this week. Uh, of course, uh, here in this part of the world, Matt, something y'all didn't have to worry about, no. uh, but uh, we, we were dealing with it. The uh, giant, massive uh, wildfires that, uh, that uh, were happening in the Texas Panhandle. Yeah, I've, I've been reading about it. I've been hearing about it. It's uh, it, It's been, I mean, just absolutely crazy. Over uh, 1.1 million acres burned so far. And... Uh, of course, you know, this podcast is going to drop on Saturday. The uh, the sad thing is Saturday, it's expected to be fire weather danger in the panhandle again. And the last I checked, I think that the main fire uh, that they had about 15, maybe to 20 percent contained. I got to check and see. But uh, winds are going to be picking up on Saturday. And, you know, that's uh, that's not that's not good. No, it's, in fact. Uh, I mean, it's that time of year, but uh, we don't usually, or, you know, that area doesn't usually have to deal with uh, the fires as well as the wind. Yeah, and it's just, it's one of those where, and I've, you know, of course, you'll see people who blame it on the climate change or whatever. We, we've had wildfires. We've had bad wildfires in Texas the last few years. Texas has been going through a drought. And this is what happens when you have a drought. And when you have a drought, when you have uh, a lot of uh, a lot of dry grass and and brush, it moves quickly. And it's uh, it, it's it's something where I think I've read that uh, over a thousand cattle they know have been lost. Uh, at least one or two people uh, have lost their lives. They're con- they're confirming now that uh, one other person has died. Cindy Owen of Amarillo. According to the Daily Mail, died when she tried to escape from her truck after it was surrounded by flames outside of Pampa. Her yeah. death was the second caused by the Smokehouse Creek Fire, which is now the largest in the state history. Yeah, I mean, it grew very quickly. It grew quickly, and it was just... Uh, 
it, it, it was crazy just how, uh, how fast they would issue some of these evacuations. And then the evacuations were basically, they didn't matter. Like, uh, in, in uh, Canadian Texas got very lucky. Uh, there were some homes that I think were burnt on the outside on the Western, uh, edge of Canadian, but they had, uh, they had issued a, an evacuation order and basically minutes later, the town was surrounded by fire. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it moved that quickly. And, and so, uh, but, but then the winds came, uh, we had a cold front that came through and it shifted the winds and, uh, you know, Canadian, which, you know, some people thought was going to be wiped off the map, uh, was able to, uh, the city was able to survive. Yeah. It's amazing how stuff like that happens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they, at one time they had evacuated Pantax. Uh, then they said everything was fine. You can go back to work in Pantax. Uh, there was a housing development, like just right outside of Amarillo that was evacuated for a little bit. Uh, earlier this week, and then they let people back in there. So it's uh, it's one of those where you you got to be you got to be careful during this time of year when you have high winds and you're in the West Texas or Panhandle area because it's something that can definitely get you. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, I don't think uh, I could be wrong, but I don't think California is having the problems this year that they've had though. No, they've had a ton of rain. Yeah, <laughs> like, mudslides. They, they, they've had. Yeah, they've had mudslides and they've had uh, just a, a ton of rain in California, which is, you know, good for them. Uh, and it's been filling up their lakes and, and everything else. But uh, it's something Texas really hasn't, at least West Texas and the Panhandle. We have not seen the the rain that we need. But it was kind of crazy weather where you went from highs in the 80s and strong winds, fire weather to... Uh, all, like snow within 48 hours. Yeah, I heard about yeah, the we snow. We had that this week. <laughs> I was kind of I mean, hoping the crazy. snow would help with the fires. I think they did a little bit. I mean, you know, at least a little. I'm sure they helped, but not uh, not, not to where the, the fires are out. They're still going. Yeah. So... Uh, a lot of people banding together, helping out communities up north, all that kind of good stuff, which you expect to see uh, right. once you have uh, when you have these disasters. But well, and uh, I mean, boy, it's just honestly, so fast. How do you contain a fire like that? I mean, it's got so much fuel out there with all that just uh, literally buffalo grass for miles and miles and miles. That's all dry. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that. Uh, if you're one of those people who st strategize on how to do it, then uh, you, you have one heck of a job because I can't even think about what the best way to do that would be. Yeah. I, or even I, how you would do it. I don't know. Did you see the, uh, there was a video. I think the guy was out of Oklahoma, but he basically he had a bucket of water that his friend had. It was and the friend was carrying the bucket of water. This guy had his shirt off and it was soaked in water and he was on his knees just like stomping out the, uh, with the wet t-shirt, uh, you know, like just slapping the flames in this field and putting out the, uh, the flames. That's not going to get you very far. 
it, it was working. I'll tell you this: it was they, it, the winds weren't as bad there, and so the uh, it, it was it it was working. I got to give them credit. That that was pretty good. Yeah, I guess so. I just I, I mean, you think about the immense size of a fire like that, and I I don't think that if that people with uh, with wet t-shirts are going to do it. <laughs> hey, I think at that point it's all hands on deck. I saw a video, and I think it was the Fort Worth Fire Department, uh, where this guy he was in his truck, and he's driving in uh, in, in the Panhandle, and there's just flames all around him, right? And he just decides to go, you know, go on the road, continue to go, and it's just like it's just pitch black, and every now and then you'll see flames, and he's just driving through uh, the, uh, you know, driving on the road, driving through. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. I mean, can you imagine driving through that? And you're just looking on either side. You've got just black all around you. And then you come out and there's just fire. And it's like, just stay on the road. Just stay on the road and keep going. And hopefully everyone is cleared off the road. Yeah, no joke. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that would be, be terrible. That would be scary. <laughs> that would not be a good time. Uh, not, uh, not, not, not at all. Uh, let's see, over 500 structures uh, destroyed so far by the uh, fire. That, according to uh, Governor Abbott, who, by the way, Matt, was uh, put on the little short list by Donald Trump this week. I saw that. Yeah. There's no way he's going to be VP, but he was put on the short list by by Trump, which I think Trump's short list is massive, uh, massive short list yeah. at this point. <laughs> like 50 people. You know, I have, it's the longest short list that we've ever seen. It's beautiful. It's the best. And at some point you're going to know who it is. Okay. I don't even know who it is, but it's going to be a great person. Well, the thing, I mean, the reason why he's bringing that up is because he's really trying to push the whole border thing. And, um, I don't know. You got Joe Biden's trying to turn it around on Donald Trump, but Donald Trump doesn't have any power. You heard him. He, did you hear that uh, Joe Biden was saying, why don't you tell your people in, in Congress to work with me to fix the problem? Yeah, yeah. Stop. I half expected Joe to go, uh, are we going to the restaurant on the border? When he was told that he was going to the border. <laughs> I, I, I half expected him to be like, oh, I'm going to get some nachos. Yeah. Well, uh, so going back just a little bit to the fire. Yeah. How do you think that's, I mean, you already have a huge problem with the price of food. How do you think that's going to affect the price of beef? Because, I mean, that that area is a huge beef area. And, I mean, that beef gets sent all over the United States. Yeah, I don't think it'll have that much. I mean, no? I, I've seen, no, I, I've seen where... Uh, and may have a, a bigger issue uh, just on some like local ag, uh, you know, with, you know, with uh, some of the some of the you know crops and land and, and uh, stuff that was destroyed. They're, they're saying about a thousand, a thousand cattle or so uh, that were lost. I don't think you'll there, I think there's bigger factors at play with beef uh, than uh, than what we're seeing uh, out of the panhandle. Yeah, um, I guess 
I mean, I know that there was the whole pig thing with uh, with California. You know, they want the pigs to have their own stalls and all that crap that um, that's going to raise the price of pigs by a lot. But I I don't know. It's it just seems it's, it's a lot of cattle, but but maybe not compared to the amount that the U.S. goes through. Well, I mean, when you uh, when when you think about the so they said about a thousand about a thousand head of cattle um, that they anticipate, I guess that that were uh, killed in the fire. Uh, I'm trying to look up. Let's see. So it says uh, in the U.S. there's eighty nine point two million cows. Yeah. Okay. So in 2023, this is what I was looking up. Sorry. Uh, in 2023, in that uh, dairy farm, you remember this one uh, in Demet, Texas, at the South Fork Dairy Farm, mm-hmm. uh, where the uh, dairy farm exploded, that killed nearly 18,000 cows. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, but, but they were all dairy cows. They weren't food cows. Nah, I, yeah. Yeah. True. But I, you know, I, I mean. You think about a thousand cattle uh, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, it's it's horrible for whoever lost the, that head of cattle. Obviously, well, they have but, insurance. Yeah, but but I, I I'm thinking that there are bigger factors at play than uh, than the uh, than the wildfire when it comes to the price of beef. Yeah. I tell you this: price of beef probably won't be coming down anytime soon. No. No. Probably won't be coming down anytime soon. I mean, I've got an article here uh, from the Wall Street Journal, and it kind of talks about that. It talks about what people are doing now instead of, you know, going out to eat and uh, getting to go and all that kind of stuff. Just some of the uh, some of the different things that people are doing. Lots of casseroles, apparently. Oh, casseroles I, that I, you can, I love you know, uh, yeah, you can eat on for a couple of days. And the, when they were interviewing one couple, and they're like. Hey, it's not healthy, but it's food. Get you through. Yeah. They said, uh, they said, uh, let's see, uh, the couple now looking at simpler meals, such as meatloaf. Nothing wrong with a little meatloaf. No, that's or, not even unhealthy. No, or tuna noodle casserole. I mean. The, uh, the, the wife, Sarah Smith, said it's just egg noodles, canned tuna, canned cream of mushroom soup, onions, and garlic. She said, uh, it's not healthy, but it's food. I I would eat that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of the tuna helper. I mean, you know, it, you, you go through the the uh, the helper, you know, get the right. little boxes, and then with the tuna, and you put milk and crap in there. But, I mean, I'm a fan of it. I like the tuna helper, and I know that a lot of people like the, the hamburger helper. Hamburger helper's right. okay, but the tuna helper's better, I think. See, I'm not a big tuna fan. I'm not a tuna fan, really, at all. Yeah, that makes sense. So. I wasn't I, I wasn't until I got, uh, you know, when I was living on my own and everything, I just got to where I was, I was eating it more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The, speaking of food, uh, do you see the Kellogg's uh, CEO? 
No, I didn't he's, see that uh, one. He was, oh, the, he uh, he was criticized, Matt. He was criticized because uh, he dared suggest that people have cereal for dinner. I I love cereal for dinner. Yeah, I, I mean I I know a lot of people who like cereal for dinner, and uh, see like here's some of the headlines. Uh, this from the uh, Star Tribune. Kellogg CEO criticized for saying more consumers should eat cereal for dinner as budgets tighten. While General Mills execs have uh, touted the cereal's affordability through the years, there's potential for these comments to damage the category the Golden Valley Company has led for years. Uh, Kellogg has been promoting dinner for or cereal for dinner since 2022, they say. I I don't I mean that's I've had been eating cereal for dinner for many many years I think uh, I think they need to send me some money for that one well, uh, no but yeah. seriously uh, what do you expect a CEO of a cereal company to say when budgets right. start tightening up yeah and he was being interviewed and they're like what do you think what do you what do you what do you think uh, should happen here and he's like I don't know why don't you you can have some cereal if you want some cereal. No. And did they ask you about shrinkflation? That's, I mean, that's the one thing. Oh, they didn't do that. I mean, cereal, you, you know how those the cereal is. You, you, They change the little ounces at the bottom, but the boxes stay the same size. But here's, here's what I hate about the media, okay? And I've hated this about the media for such a long time. Uh, the, the, the people who are mad, it's a, it's a bunch of people on TikTok, Matt. It's a bunch of, just like it used to be a bunch of people on Twitter, it's it's now a bunch of people on TikTok. Listen to this. This is from The Guardian. Uh, Gary Pilnick was speaking live on CNBC's Squawk on uh, Squawk on the Street on twenty one on February twenty one when he delivered the remarks in question, which some have compared to the "let them eat cake" phrase, frequently attributed without evidence to Marie Antoinette before her execution during the French Revolution. Quote. The cereal category has always been quite affordable, and it tends to be a great destination when consumers are under pressure, Pilnick said, amid a discussion about high grocery prices. If you think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might do otherwise, it's going to be much more affordable. So are they mad because he's rich? Uh, no, Is that what that boils because, down to? Yeah, they're, they're mad because, uh, like, okay, one, one ticky-talk user Said this guy's making four million bucks a year. You think he's feeding his kids cereal for dinner? Maybe, maybe he's not. I don't know. It doesn't but matter he can how much to money. Go out while you can't. It doesn't matter how much money I had. I would still eat cereal for dinner. Listen, I, I'll tell you this: I, it's during inflation, not inflation. There are still some things that it, it's it's okay to like. Uh, it, it's cereal. You want to have cereal? People love breakfast. For dinner, breakfast is probably one of the more cheaper meals uh, of the day because it's uh, eggs, throw on some bacon. It's more probably one of the more cheaper meals well, compared bacon, to dinner bacon's kind or of lunch. expensive, but eggs, uh, I just walk outside know, and grab those. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. But you know what I mean? I mean, when you, when you compare, uh, you know, the lunch and dinner prices, uh, you know, compared to a lunch or, uh, excuse me, a breakfast, Breakfast is usually a little bit cheaper for whatever reason. It's a little bit cheaper. People love breakfast for dinner. And that would extend, I would think, to cereal. Yeah. I 
I agree with you. I've I've always liked both. So I I don't eat cereal and eggs in the same meal. No, but no, having no. one or the other, I'm all that. for that. Yeah. I've never seen anybody do that, by the no, way. No, but if you know, if you read the boxes, they'll say part of a complete breast breakfast, and you'll see like the cereal, and you'll see eggs and and like orange juice and other stuff on a plate. It's like nobody no. does that. Everybody eats cereal or they eat the complete breakfast. They don't eat all of it together. Let's see. Uh, the CNBC host, Carl Quintanilla, asked Pilnick, uh, whose company brands include Frosted Flakes, Fruit Loops, Corn Pops, and the Rice Krispies, whether his remarks could land the wrong way with consumers who have been forced to spend 26% more on groceries since 2020. Pilnick doubled down. He said, in fact... It's landing really well right now. Cereal for dinner is something that is probably more on trend now, and we expect it to continue as consumers, uh, as that consumer is under pressure. He's not saying, hey, only poor people should be eating cereal for breakfast or, or for dinner. He's saying it's open to everyone. This is an option for everyone. Feel free to go eat some Fruit Loops if you want for dinner tonight. It's okay. And again, if you run a business that is about cereal, what is he supposed to say? I, th- <laughs> I mean, he's going to want you to eat cereal for every single meal. Of course he does. Yeah, it, it would be it would be quite something if he got on CNBC and went, you know what you shouldn't do? I don't eat cereal. Instead, go get you a uh, go get you some lobster uh, <laughs> over at your uh, favorite store. And have some lobster tonight for dinner. That'll, oh, that'll, that would make the, solve all your problems. That would make all the poor people really happy, wouldn't it? Yeah. I can't afford lobster. He telling me to eat lobster. I can't afford lobster. That's what he should do. That's <laughs> what he should do. He should get back on CNBC and go, listen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm sorry. You you definitely should not be having Fruit Loops or Frosted Flakes or Rice Krispies for, for dinner tonight. You should do what I'm going to do with my children. And uh, we're going to go get a nice prime rib. And we're going to get a, a nice uh, nice lobster tail with some butter. And we're going to enjoy that for dinner tonight. So you you do the same as we do. Yeah. And do as I do. And don't forget your credit card because you're going to need to borrow some money. Yeah. Go have a grilled cheese. Go, go get you a grilled cheese. I love a good grilled cheese every now and then. Simple, it- cheap. Nothing wrong with that. Ah, and then you add a little, uh, uh, what is it, a tomato soup to go with it. Yeah. And you have just, to, you don't it, make tomato it, soup with water. You make it with milk, okay? Just thought okay. I'd throw that out there. Well, I've never made it, so I don't. I can't tell you. I can't oh. help you out there. Well. Yeah. I don't make soups. I don't do that. I don't make any soup. I don't know what, uh, I, I, I've never made a soup. I yeah. bought soup. I've had soup, but I've never made a soup. No. I don't know. My wife makes soup. Yeah. If I'm making food, it's not going to be a soup. Yeah. My wife makes soup. I have no idea how she makes it. I have no clue. But tomato soup with a grilled cheese is more like a uh it's more like a sauce. It's you yeah, dip it's, it's it like in a, there. Yeah. You eat it and then you drink it after you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there you go. There's another option. If you don't want the dreaded cereal for uh, for dinner, uh, go get you a grilled cheese and some uh, 
some soup. Oh, I hate it when you get like a chocolate cereal and you have to drink that dang chocolate milk afterwards. It's terrible. It's dreaded. Do they have? Uh, do they still do a lot of chocolate cereals these days? Uh, I mean, you got chocolate rice krispies, uh, the Ooh. chocolate pebbles. You know, like the fruity pebbles and the chocolate pebbles. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, there's chocolate cereals. I haven't. I mean, full disclosure, I haven't had cereal since I was a kid, so I don't know. And then, of course, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which is, I mean, come on. It's just sugar. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there's some great cereals out there. Life is still around. I've always been a fan of Life cereal. Really? Yes. Okay. All right. So, yeah, there's there's plenty to go around. There's plenty. There's plenty to do. Whatever makes you plenty happy. Of food. Yeah, exactly. And that's and what whatever makes you happy. And whatever you can afford in this economy. That that's right. Hey, speaking you of know. afford, Matt uh, Wendy's. Uh huh. The fast food behemoth Wendy's will uh, roll out surge pricing in 2025. That's kind of like um. What what is that uh, DoorDash? Does DoorDash do that? Well, yeah. I mean, they raise. Don't they raise the price of picking, uh, getting um, something dashed to you if it's busier? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I think they do. I think they have yeah. like surge pricing, and and if uh, and and I know Uber does too. You know, if it's really busy uh, or a busy yeah, area, Uber they'll does. raise the price of everything. Yeah, Uber does and Lyft does. The CEO of Lyft uh, recently said they, they're trying to get away from that. We'll see. Uh, but the story from the uh, Dallas Morning News, starting in 2025, Wendy's planning to test dynamic pricing, as they call it, or surge pricing on its menus. Earlier in the month, the brand's CEO sent in a call with analysts that pricing model is part of a new larger push to expand investment into new technologies. Beginning, quote, beginning as early as 2025, We'll begin testing more enhanced features like dynamic pricing and day part offerings, along with AI-enabled menu changes and suggestive selling, Tanner said in a call. The company will spend $20 million to roll out digital menu boards, and it's more than 7,000 restaurants, which will be able to use the technology to adjust prices based on demand and promote menu items based on the weather or time of day. What does it matter if what the weather is? Uh, if it's rainy or something. Maybe well, like what does that if matter it's, when it comes to food? Well, if it's snowed in and the the employees can't get there, maybe. No. That doesn't make any sense. I was maybe if it's hot, then uh, you, know, you know the frozen drink or whatever, the frozen the frosty will be a little fast. bit more. The uh, weather, the approach will allow Wendy's to be, quote, competitive and flexible with pricing, Motive, uh, motivate customers to visit and provide them with the food they love at a great value, a spokesperson said for the company. Surge pricing, while common in ride-sharing services at hotels, has yet to become a widespread practice in the restaurant industry, but the concept is gaining interest among restaurant operators. Yeah, I mean, I I would just stop going anywhere that does that. So if you I guess what decide, saying. if you decide to do that, and you think you're gonna, because 
a restaurant, uh, I understand that you have to have more people and people are actually, I think this is where it comes from. People are what's more expensive hiring more people for a certain time. Yeah. But a place like Wendy's, to be fair, I don't think they really hire extra people during the busy times. You just get to sit in line for a lot longer. Yeah, exactly. And then you get to pay more? I don't think so. Screw that. I'm not going there if they start pulling that crap. I I don't think this is going to end well for Wendy's. I already think it hasn't. I mean, they're not getting the best publicity out of this. No, they're not. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, uh, it's not looking very good for them right now. No. No, I think but, I'll, uh, uh, I think I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, Wendy's is okay, but, um, you know, I like I, their burgers. Their yeah, burgers they're, are pretty they're good. okay. But yeah, I mean, there's uh, other places. Chicken nuggets are all right. You know, they're good. They're not like some magical place that's up and above other places, though. No, no, that's true. I mean, Chick-fil-A is right beside the Wendy's that uh, I usually go to. Yeah. It's like, uh, pay a few extra bucks over there or go to Chick-fil-A. You can actually get through it real quick. Up, oh, think I'm Could going ima- to Chick-fil-A. Could you imagine surge pricing at Chick-fil-A? Uh, they would. <laughs> it would uh-huh. always be the highest price. Yeah, place is always like Waterburger. I go like Same for two- Waterburger surge pricing at Waterburger. It would it would it would be nuts. I go at like two o'clock in the afternoon and Chick Fil A is busy. Now, don't get me wrong; they get me through faster than anywhere else. Waterburger, it could be one in the morning; they could be completely dead. It's still going to take you an hour to get your food. Yeah, I mean that's just Waterburger. You just when you go, you know you're going to wait, but it's going to be good. But Chick Fil A, they'll get you through fast. Uh, no yeah, matter how busy they are. That's true. That's a good point. All right. I have a story, Matt, that uh, it, it it sort of broke while I was on the air. And it left me... It, it, it left me shocked and speechless. Okay? Okay. And more is coming out about this now. Uh, just a little bit at a time. Uh, this is from Dear. Uh, this is from uh, Oklahoma. Ah. All right. Okay. Deer Creek School District released a statement today after a video was sent to Fox Twenty Five that showed students licking toes. Hmm. During an event for the school's wonderful week of fundraising. Quote, it was surprising, an anonymous student told Fox 25. I didn't think they were going to do all of that. I was shocked. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really have a feeling. I was kind of disgusted and then kind of glad that I wasn't over there. Whenever she told me, uh, quote, whenever she told me yesterday that it was happening, I had to ask her, wait, what? They're licking peanut butter off of toes, an anonymous parent said. The week was spent raising money for uh, what's called a, you know, what's called the Not Your Average Joe Coffee, which employs people with intellectual, developmental, and physical disabilities. 
Uh, one parent said, I'm all for fundraising and all for fine and silly things, but that right there seems a little excessive. The district said on Thursday, Deer Creek High School hosted an assembly called Clash of Classes for students to pay to attend. Students in 9th through 12th grades volunteered to participate in different competitions, according to the district. Deer Creek Schools noted that every student who participated signed up for the games ahead of time and that no Deer Creek faculty or staff participated during during the assembly. The district also said students were paired up with corresponding grade levels for competition where students were seen in the video licking and sucking on toes. So what, the, are the adults saying, oh, I wasn't a part of that? Is that what they're trying to say now? The, the adults are saying, well, the kids signed up for it and adults weren't involved. So not not our problem. At some point, there should have been an adult there saying, this is a terrible idea. Matt, let me ask you something. Did you ever go to an event inside the school with a with a massive amount of students involved where there was no adult present? No. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. No, the school would have been burned down if they did done that. I mean, exactly it's... right. I'm <laughs> telling you, there were absolutely adults there, and nobody stopped this. And I, I, I'm watching the video, and again, I am shocked. I mean, these kids, I thought it was uh, junior high or elementary school kids. Because these are they're, they're small kids. So I, I, they're like freshmen in high school, and they're licking the toes of other students. Where, I mean, where did this idea even come from? I don't. Uh, you you would hope seniors pulling a prank on oh, freshmen. That would maybe. be a great prank if you were a senior. No. And even, even then, it's not a great prank. Do you want a freshman sucking on your toes? No, 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 no. I'm not saying there's. Uh, if if you got them to suck on other people, like actually get video of them doing it. I mean, I I can see that, but at some point you gotta go. Okay, you're, we, with this, you're this laughing for the next three years over that. Oh, I don't know. That being said, it's the adults that you have to wonder about on this one. Yeah, you absolutely have to blame the school on this one. You know, they can say all they want to. Hey, we they and they told Fox, hey, we raised one hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars for the Nat Your Average Show coffee shop during the week. Well, that's great. Hundred and fifty. Did you did you still allow students oh. to suck on each other's toes? Well, the lawsuits oh, yeah, we are going to allow that to happen. The lawsuits are going to be a whole lot more than one hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars. Oh. oh my goodness! See, this is why parents want to homeschool their kids. <laughs> yeah, this is just another reason why there are parents out there who are like, no, uh, uh-uh. no, we're not sending the kid to school. Now, we're not sending them to your toe-sucking school. I don't care if this was for charity or what. We're not doing it. Now, again, this is Oklahoma. So maybe they've got, you know, maybe toe-sucking isn't a big deal in Oklahoma. I don't know. I'm not from there. I've never spent any time in Oklahoma. Uh, But in Texas, this is nasty. (laughs) Yeah, we don't do that. Don't do that in Texas. We don't do that in Texas. That's just nasty. That's gross. And you students should be ashamed. 
<laughs> uh, and who, uh, uh, whoever talked them into doing that should be ashamed. Yeah, but they're saying that uh, during the assembly, 9th through 12th grade students volunteered to participate in various student-organized class competitions. So they were going against each other. So this wasn't like... So you didn't have... It wasn't the seniors who organized this for the for the freshmen. It was like freshman students came up with this and competed against other freshmen. Well, there's your problem right there. Nasty. They don't They don't have brains at that age. Nasty. That is. That's disgusting. Y'all need Jesus. That's 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 what it comes down to. <laughs> well, we've known that about Oklahoma for a long time, Chad. Like, Matt, they need to spend a little more time in a uh, in a church lock-in. Is what they need. That that's what they need. <laughs> uh, send the kids to the lock-in. Uh, they're probably not sucking on toes in the lock-ins. They better not be. Okay. They better not be. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel pretty confident uh, that that's not going to happen just because all... So they had uh, the people working there, and then they had some of the youth helping out, and all the youth were videoing everything. Yeah. I'm like, anything bad that happens, is it's going to be on social media. I, I do love how the parents... Like, there's no parent here who's just absolutely outraged. Though. Like, one parent said... It's really great they raised a lot of money. I feel like maybe they could have done a little bit more accountability and ownership in that statement. Like, hey, you know, maybe we didn't fully think this thing through here. Yeah, where's the parent that's saying, oh, my kid's the best toe sucker? Yeah, like, what? where's the parent going, you're nasty? You're nasty? <laughs> did you, did you wash those feet back. first? Yeah. Oh, you know they didn't wash their feet. Ugh. You know how nasty high school kids are. Uh, and you know they didn't wash their feet. Yeah. That's, there's probably that's smelly. Just gross. You know, there's probably some smelly feet going on. And then if they did put peanut butter, that's, I think it's, let me ask you this. And this is, then, then we'll move on after this because this is going to be gross. What's worse, uh, sucking on a dry toe or a toe with peanut butter? I don't know. They both sound absolutely terrible. Thank you. Yeah. Now I, I just, uh, there, there's nothing redeeming about any of that. Now, damn it, Oklahoma. Come on. You gotta be better than this. <laughs> You're next to Texas. You have to be. This is why we're going to build a wall. We're going to build a wall for the whole state, not just the We're southern gonna border. We're going to build a wall around Oklahoma. We're going to keep the toe suckers out, okay? It's very sad what they're doing. It's not good. We got to keep them out. Gross. Ugh. All right, Matt, what have we been drinking? I may need to pour another glass. What have we been uh, <laughs> drinking this evening? Uh, we've been drinking some Buffalo Trace. Now, uh, if you know just a little bit about Buffalo Trace, it's a, a high rye. Um, it's So, in other words, it's not using wheat. It um, uses corn, rye, and then malted barley. Uh, you'll see malted barley in almost everything because apparently it has enzymes that help the... Uh, to start the process of breaking everything down during um, during the uh, process of fermentation. 
but uh, that's neither here nor there. But um, but yeah, so your major flavor ingredients, if you want to call it that, are going to be your uh, corn's going to be number one. That's where you're going to get a lot of sweetness, and then the rye. That's where you're going to get a a lot of the uh, spicy. Uh, the spices, the cinnamon, the things like that. And I, I think um, for me, Buffalo Trace is still one that over delivers for the price. Um, it's it's a lot of brown sugar, a lot of really nice uh, sweet flavors coming in. And then you have just a, a hint of almost like a rye kind of grassy. I, I don't want to, it's not just overpowering, but uh, it yeah. gives it a little bit of earthiness to it that that helps it out. And then you also get that nice little spice bite that comes with it, not necessarily from the alcohol, but from the actual flavors. And it's it just really over delivers for, uh, for its MSRP, which is why everybody wants it. Yeah, and again, I, I think it's one of those that uh, it, it's... <laughs> It's it's well balanced. It is it's something that uh, is easy to drink. Uh, you, you you don't mind sharing it. You don't mind putting it out on the table, uh, letting people have. It's not overly complex, which I think that's you know a lot of people move on from it pretty quickly uh, if they want something a little bit more complex. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I think as you move up, you're going to get more. Um, and there's definitely, if you love the Buffalo Trace, you got your Blantons and stuff that you can move up to. Um, but as an everyday sipper, definitely, it's a great, it's a great, uh, a great one to have. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what would you say is kind of the, the right price level on it? Uh, I probably wouldn't. I mean... Uh, so I, I can tell you I've had whiskeys that are a lot more expensive than B Buffalo Trace. But it's just so easy to find at the lower prices. I probably wouldn't pay more than $35, $40. And yeah. uh, at $25, $30, it, if you don't have a bottle, it's an easy pickup. If you have a bottle and you see one for that price, you might want a second. If you got two or three bottles, eh, you're probably good. Okay. All right. Well, very good. And uh, of course, you can pick up the bottle uh, Buffalo Trace. Highly recommend uh, that uh, that you pick one up. You should have one uh, in your in your bar and uh, in your collection. Maybe you have a couple of bottles in your uh, collection uh, as well. Uh, do want to uh, remind people that you can uh, download the uh, Chat HD Show podcast, uh, my radio show, and you can also follow us on social media at Chad HD Radio and at Matt Martin Radio on the X. That's where you can follow us. And you can also email us at any time uh, at caskerspied at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Current and Cask with Chad HD and Matt Martin. You can reach out to us on social media, also via email, and uh, enjoy, the, uh, enjoy your weekend, enjoy your week, enjoy life. And cheers.